Warning, the following podcast contains violent scenes that may be unsettling to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. In 1987, four childhood friends were reunited after 10 years to investigate the murder of a mentor they all shared. During this time, they unlocked the deep secrets of the past and found themselves exposed to the darkness that surrounded them. Soon it became more than a fight for justice. And instead, it became a fight against the ultimate evil. Six months later, in the winter of 1988, bonded by their knowledge of the dark unknown, they have decided to no longer be the victim. Now they seek out the deep roots of satanic corruption that hides in the shadows of society, all the while trying to mentor a new companion, seeking justice for the death of his cousin. Institutionalized is the second story arc in the Chronicles of Darkness first edition story, The Ultimate Evil, set in Bismarck, North Dakota in 1988. Join us in this tale of satanic horror with Wayne, played by Adam, Che, played by Andrew, Alex, played by Mitch, Michael, played by Slavic, and the newcomer Derek, played by Tillman. If you'd like to contact us, you can find us on Twitter at twin underscore cities underscore VTM, and on Facebook and Discord at Twin Cities by Night. If you'd like to help support the podcast, you can find us on Patreon at Twin Cities by Night. We hope you enjoy. So Wayne and Alex, you're in this car, Wayne's car, driving down the highway south back towards Bismarck. Inside of the car is dark. The only illumination is the luminescent green clock indicator that's on the dash. There's no street lights on the highway right now. The moon is still full. And if you look to the left and right, you can see it shining off of the snow, the encrusted snow that's on the plains. But when you look at each other or attempt to look at each other, it's hard to make out distinguished features because of how dark it is in the car. The miles are going by as the snow continues to fall lightly like it did before so you still have that dizzying effect almost as if you're traveling through space like on the tv shows where the headlight illuminates the snowflakes as they zoom by you go ahead scenes on you guys so wayne is kind of quiet during this car ride he's definitely not playing any music or anything but he does feel kind of bad that he was sort of dismissing what alex was saying about what he saw earlier and he kind of you know, I think he had said something to him about just like not to not to worry about it or something. But he's just going to kind of break the silence and just be like, you hungry? Should we get something to eat? Mike's going to chew us out when we get back. Alex is just sort of leaning his head against the window, trying to lay down. Eh, yeah, I, I could eat. Is anything open now? It's around probably like 1130 midnight. I mean, there probably isn't fast food, but you know that there's that Denny's that you guys originally first were used to eat at a lot. That's open 24-7. We could always go to Denny's. Yeah, might as well. And uh, just kind of being silent for the rest of the drive, Wayne is going to drive to the Denny's. He's in kind of low spirits right now, having been caught, having just had the plan just kind of just unravel so quickly. He really built himself up into thinking that he was really good at this from the time that he was in the hardware store pre-planning this this whole thing and to just have it kind of fall apart like that he realizes 
I'm not good at this. I kind of suck at this kind of thing. I'm probably not even supposed to be a private investigator. So you're focusing like on the, the I don't want to say material, but for lack of a better term, the material side of this, right? Like you yes. weren't successful. You planned it. You went in there. But it's almost, to me, seems like Wayne's ignoring the catalyst of why it wasn't successful. And it was that scene that was in that barn where the horses start freaking out over something and Alex was comatose. What are his thoughts on that? Or is he just kind of trying to compartmentalize that and just more focus on the fact like, I failed, I'm not a good PI. Is he able to rap, rationalize or handle what he witnessed? He's definitely compartmentalizing it. He has this just sad feeling in his stomach and like this lump in his throat and he doesn't know why. And he's to him, it's because he failed and he doesn't even really want to go there just yet. And um, yeah, he's not really just acknowledging any of that just yet. And uh, he just doesn't really know where to place it. So he's just kind of placing it on himself for for not having done the thing. Because in many ways, it's kind of similar to what happened to you, Michael and Che, when you went on that house on North 4th Street and you and Che thought he saw the old people sitting there talking and you guys witnessed the flies coming up on the side of the house and you all kind of, for a better, you know, lack of a better term, lost your shit at that time. Puking, very similar, you know? And Wayne also kind of, is just like, well, Alex has a lot of problems and, you know, I don't know what happened to him tonight, but... So that he's was, almost kind that of, was weird, but he's almost putting on Alex, right? Like Alex is the ex junkie. Alex is the guy who kind of acts a little bit out there. Is that what you're implying? No, he's not putting like the the failure of the operation on Alex. He's just saying that it's not like uncharacteristic for Alex to do something weird. Okay. So Alex, the man who saw this and witnessed all this, the one who wanted to come to the barn because he felt like he would get a grasp on what's going on. What while you're head is resting on the cold window and feeling that coolness on the side of your face on the right side of your face what's all going on in your head alex is just very numb you know there's a part of him that's just thinking not this shit again and he's trying to process that he's also kind of debating whether or not he's going to try to draw it out later but he's afraid of what he might find is he at all thinking about how he's going to rash explain this to Wayne or is he like, what's his thoughts? If Wayne doesn't bring it up, he's not going to bring it up. Or, you know, you had someone kind of see this come from you, but you also see how he's handling it now. Uh, Alex might, you know, bring it up after he's had some time to process it. If Wayne asks about it, he may say something sooner, but he wants to parse it out in his head before he really goes anywhere with it. Okay. So the, like last 30 minutes of the drive goes by eventually start seeing signs of welcome to Bismarck and you start driving down state street till you get to where there's a Denny's on the right. You see the yellow sign with the red writing of Denny's. And as you turn into the parking lot, you see that you're the only car that's in the parking lot other than two or three, but you look through the large front window that shows all the tables within and you see a booth like a, dining booth they have where you can actually set the booth if you want to where the cook is behind it the cook window and you only see a waitress right now kind of leaning behind it reading a newspaper as you walk in you hear billy joel we didn't start the fire kind of playing gently in the background over the system as the waitress sees you she lifts her head up from the newspaper she has blondish graying hair she looks to be slightly overweight she has that sky blue denny's kind of dress 
uniform that is on with their name tag on there. You see the name says Amy in cursive writing. She walks up to you both and leads you towards a table that is along the window booth where you sit on one booth across from Alex Wayne and Alex, you sit across from Wayne. She leaves two menus at the table and looks at you both like, would you like coffee? Yes. Yes, please. And she nods and she comes back with two cups and she has a coffee pitcher and she pours you two cups and leaves a little thing with a bunch of a little bowl with a bunch of creams. And there's already sugar that is on the side there next to the salt and pepper and the ketchup and mustard. I ask her for an ashtray as well. And she goes and walks to the table next to you and takes one of those tin ashtrays that they had, the disposable kind, and puts it in the middle. And she looks at you. She's like, are you ready to order? Uh, yeah, just, uh, just a couple waffles. All right. Uh, no syrup, please. And she looks at you and nods. And then she looks at you, Alex. Bacon and hash browns. And she turns around and walks off. Go ahead. Seize on you guys. And uh, as she walks off, Wayne is kind of just like looking across the table at Alex. And there's just kind of like a silence for a second, unless there's any other kind of background noises. And then after like a a few moments of silence and just like a few sips of coffee, he's just going to say, all right, man, tell me about what happened in there. Fuck. Alex will whisper into his coffee. Fine. Alex will grab like four sugars, rip them open at the same time and dump them all into his coffee and start stirring. Kind of the same shit that happened a few years back. And last year, and shit that I would rather not have happen, but it just keeps happening. When we got into the barn, suddenly we weren't, in, I wasn't in the barn anymore. There was just a starry sky and people without skin. Just that there's, there's more, more shit there. There's more shit there that we need to dig out. Jesus Christ. People without skin, Alex? Kind of reminds you of something, doesn't it, Wayne? It's starting to. And then he's just going to, after like a few moments of being quiet, he's just going to say, do we just burn it down? Nah, there's kids there, man. We don't want to burn it down. Well, I just this, meant the this... farm, man. No, no sense in killing a good horse. You see Wayne's face is kind of uh, gone completely pale and uh, he just looks completely colorless. And you just see that there's like a little bit of sweat just kind of like forming on his forehead. It, it feels like that Welkstetter shit all over again. And yeah, Wayne is just kind of silent. He just doesn't really know what to say. The food comes up as the lady drops the food off at in front of each one of you. The bacon and hash browns in front of Alex and the waffle with no syrup. She identifies the food as waitresses tend to do when they set it down to ensure that you ordered the right thing. And then she goes and walks off. If you wish to both continue to talk, you can. If you wish just to finish your moods and shock or your moods excuse me finish your meals and shocked silence while you're processing that's perfectly fine too just let me know what you guys decide uh wayne doesn't touch his food at all and he just kind of sits there smoking the cigarette with a very like dumbfounded look on his face just like he's trying to process information and he just looks like he's received horrible news basically and he just doesn't touch the food at all and then when he's done, he puts a cigarette out and he just gets the money out to just leave on the table. Alex just eats his food in silence and finishes his coffee. After the check is dropped off, you pay Amy and you get back in your car. Right now, it's probably about 1230 or one, which you know that the shop's going to open up at eight. That's usually when Mike expects you both to be in there 
Uh, if you were to guess right now, Mike is probably asleep in his apartment. So there's two options. You can drop Alex off and you can, you know, wait to speak to Mike tomorrow morning. Or is there other, any other options or anything else you guys would like to do right now? You want me to drop you off so you can crash? Yeah, just drop me off at the office. I'll sleep there. You want to go to the office now? I can, if, you, if you're trying to work on this, I can, I'll go with you. I'll work with you. No, I'm just going to go there and sleep. All right. And uh, yeah, I go and I drop him off at the office and then I'll probably just drive back to my place for a few hours. Uh, but I will tell him before I go, like, you know, that I'm just going to see him in a few hours. Yep. Have a good night. So do you sleep on that couch in the back, Alex, that you guys usually have people that separate area? We said there's like a couch and a table. Yep. Okay. He just drops onto that and passes out. All right. So we will cut to Derek. Your alarm is going off. Yeah, I search for it and punch it so it shuts up. <laughs> and you look and you see that's like seven o'clock or what time would, would Derek wake up? It's about like a 15 minute drive to the shop. Is, is Derek the type to get up, like, get as much sleep as he can and then, you know, get up at the absolute minimal time? Or I assume that he's actually a, a light sleeper. And when he hears his mom getting up downstairs and he has the shower going, he's probably already like half awake. Yeah. So you can hear the noise from downstairs and, you know, like after you get out of the shower, you're expecting to hear the thump, 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 that breakfast is ready, like where she takes the broom handle. And it's like clockwork at the point where you put on your, well, what are you, what are you dressing like? Are you dressing like how you, the business casual you dress like before? I mean, it's in the middle of winter, so it's very functional still. Yeah. He's probably got like wool socks and long underwear <laughs> probably. Yeah. But just jeans above that. And then several layers of, I don't know, flannel or polos and then sweaters. So after you get the the clothes on and you're like doing the laces on your shoes, you hear the thump, thump, thump of your mom's broom signifying that's breakfast time. How is he processing that talk that happened last night with how your father was towards your mother about your working situation? Not that well. He's he's uneasy with the fact that his parents, that there's obviously issues between them. Like he tries to help them as best he can, but he like he can't sort out their, sort out their personal like differences. And uh, I think like this has probably come up again and again. And this is just the new story where it is coming up. And he hates like being in between when they butt heads about something. Especially now that's kind of you that they're butting heads about in a way, right? Yeah, I think for Derek, it's kind of like something that they will have to face that he's going to make his own decisions about. So to him, um, this entire uh, like disagreement between them is like pointless. For sure, for sure. So he, you may- uh, he hears uh, the worry about from his mom, of course, but that his dad reacts this way that to him is like not necessary. So, I mean, in a way, though, it's different. The fact that your dad is kind of defending you, right? Where there's always been this weird tension between your father and you, you know, and this like kind of picking up this uh, lack of a better term, like envy that he has for you that you're working, providing for the family. And he can't to see him though, defend you in a weird way in a roundabout way that, which is totally uncalled for. I get it that Derek, you know, obviously doesn't think the reaction justifies the means. What was his thoughts on the fact that his dad was kind of like, Hey, I support you and what you're doing. Yeah. He, he gets that, but he just wishes it wasn't in this aggressive way. Yeah. It was very terse. I mean, like slamming your fist on the table is not a healthy way to communicate when you're displeased with something. Right. Yeah. Especially when his wife, like put so much work into dinner and 
Yeah. Yeah. Making it special. Mm -hmm. So did your dad ever act like that before you got hurt? Or what was your dad like before you got hurt with your mother? Mm, I assume he was very closeted before he got hurt. And he still kind of is, but I guess every now and then he gets very frustrated with something. And then out of the blue, he has like a tantrum. <laughs> yeah. Or, or he's not even all that aggressive most of the time. He's just very, um, he can't reach him anymore. He's just slumped on the couch and he avoids conversation. It's probably because of, uh, you know, he, I could picture probably because he's of the working class, you know, and he probably didn't have like that good of an education. Uh, he always worked hard to provide for you and your mother, thus the bodily damage that he received from the jobs that he's done. But he probably never knew a way to communicate frustrations he felt. So his first reaction was kind of like put his walls up, you know, or to, to like the pounding of the table. He doesn't know how to or he doesn't feel comfortable, you know, describing the fact that he wants you to be your own man. And he's happy that you're having a sense of like growth. So instead, he pounds the table when he sees that your mom is countering that and he doesn't know how to articulately put his frustrations. Yeah, he's probably very insecure. Very much so, especially yeah, if you're working. Uh, yeah, he's, he is probably happy that Derek is helping out and living in the same house still, but he, he can't show it. But he's also really insecure about suggesting anything else, which Derek's mom just did. So yeah, things like moving out or, you know, spending time trying to find a girlfriend or something like that uh, for him it's like in this economy uh, i don't think so <laughs> <laughs> for sure so when you go downstairs you knock them do your customary knock before you open the door and go in and you see that your mom has made oatmeal for you uh, seeing that's a colder day and you see it sitting at the table rather than on the kitchen counter have, there's a cup of coffee there for you also and you see her dad's already awake. He's wearing this customary chinos with like a plaid shirt tucked in and shoes, even though he isn't working, he still dresses like when he used to work and he goes and he, he's, you see when you walk in that he's watching TV and you can hear the local news. And while you're walking up to the, to sit down at the table and take the first bite of your oatmeal, you hear your yeah, channel five investigative has still found out no, no details, or at least being reported by the Bismarck PD about the, the accident slash shootout that occurred. We know the witness or we know the victim named Che Thompson. And you see like a picture come up of this Che person. It looks like it was like an identity uh, driver's license picture that comes up. And it kind of does that where it like floats on the screen. You know, they're trying to do like fancy new, like technology, the news where it kind of like floats a little bit, then it moves off. And then you see like the reporter come back up and you can see like it's it's from the crash site where it happened. But there's not there. Now there's just traffic going on behind her. Like it was recorded like in the afternoon the day before. She's like, we found out the victim uh, was actually a private investigator, a PI who worked at a firm here in Bismarck. Uh, we still don't know why exactly what caused it. And again, police are not giving out any details if they do have any. But we will keep you up to date on what is going on. So stay tuned for tonight where maybe we might have some more information. And you just see it like cut to commercials and you see like it's a it's a furniture store commercial where some like overweight guys like, hey, well, you got deals walking on and as you go to sit down and you start eating the oatmeal and you see your mom's like i'm sure there's like this weird tension where your mom didn't hear it you know hear the 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 story because she was in the kitchen doing something but you see her dad like for a second just kind of like turn and look at you a little bit and you guys get like eye contact because you're facing the tv and he's like turning away from the tv and looking back at you and he just kind of looks at you for a second you see his hazel eyes just lock onto you and then he just turns back around and he goes back to watching the news I rub my temple so that he can see it, kind of like signifying, oh, God, now we have the news team on our backs. Yeah. 
what does that make you feel with, especially with what, uh, like, what, I mean, just everything, the process of knowing that you're coming in the office here, like, in and maybe like 30 minutes and like what you knew the guys are doing. Is there any wondering what, what the guys found out last night or anything like that? Oh, that honestly, it's so early in the morning. He's probably not even really thinking about that, but like this, uh, news group thing that is going to bug him so bad, but in his head already, he sees like the cars from the news group blocking the entrance to the office and he's going to get he's going to try to get past them and like in the movies sure. like you see the tv shows and everything yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah exactly and he hates it like what is he going to tell tell them i i i don't know chayton but i work here like <laughs> This is funny that Derek's first impression, like in Bismarck, is that it's going to be like the like you see in the movies where like there's going to be all lined up in front of the office. You're going to have to push through when it's like a town of 70,000 people. Well, I mean, they're yeah, vultures. Yeah. They're like oh, yeah, 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 yeah. local journalists and yeah, trying yeah. to make it big. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> it's for one sure. story they get per year. Yeah, for sure. For <laughs> sure. Yeah. All right. So you make your way, uh, you get in your van and you uh, start it up and let it warm up. And then you uh, you start driving towards the office. Mike, do you get up when your alarm sets you off, uh, goes off, or do you get up before your alarm? I'd say Mike gets up before his alarm. Your eyes open up, Mike, and you look at your clock, and you see that, of course, you're awake 20 minutes earlier than you need to be. What are you doing? Well, you know, Mike does the normal morning routine, shower, brushes his teeth. I, I'm, he's probably going to get breakfast uh, from the lady at the office. Across the office. Martha. Next to the office, yeah. yes, but Martha. Martha. Yeah. Martha. Yeah. And yeah, he's probably just gonna he's gonna take slow steps to his car after he gets ready, you know, grabs his coat. Avoid and, the ice. Yeah, you don't want to slip yeah, on the ice. Yeah. Right, exactly. And you know, the sort of zombie going to work routine. Yeah, when everyone it's knows it. And you probably that you have like a uh, salt or sand if you feel it under your shoes. It's a little bit of reassurance, yeah. you know, that like I might not slip on my ass and hurt myself. What is um going on in Michael's head right now after having that call from John Donaldson saying that he caught Wayne and Alex and that you know he John Donaldson says he's gonna stop by the office this morning and talk to you guys about something that may help out. Like what what's uh, what what's Mike like going into work right now? Mike's pissed, and I feel like. Yeah, he's probably really, really mad that they got caught. So, yeah, so he's driving, like, kind of just, like, probably, like, getting annoyed at every red light he's hitting. Yeah. You know what I mean? He just walks exactly. into work. Just <laughs> getting ready for that mental chew out, you know? He's yeah, going to yeah. give. He's got the mentality for it, so. He's replaying it in his head. He's just like, okay, yeah. this is how it's going to go, right? So you pull up, you go onto, you're on Main Street, and you slowly know you're about a block away from the office. So you pull up in front of the curb, in front of the office, like, doing the, like the parallel parking because that's how you guys park there's not like actual like parking spots and of course there's martha there it's like fucking like 7 30 and she's uh she's like uh you know like just smoking a cigarette has this big bulky like winter jacket on because it's cold and she just kind of waves at you with like a you know the glove that's not holding the cigarette you know the hand that's not holding the cigarette has a mitten on it and she's just kind of like waving to you as you pull up yeah mike's gonna wave back and then he's gonna say like oh hey martha <clears throat> You, you uh, didn't tell me that uh that you're making your place a board and a boarding house now and she just kind of like motions like to the window like with her hand you can't quite make out like what's inside sorry what and she's just like your buddy he's he's asleep on the couch not that i was snooping but usually you guys don't leave the blinds open right yeah i'll, I'll make sure the blinds are closed 
Uh, you, probably just a difficult work day. I figured. Do you uh you need some of that magic potion I made yeah. there? Yeah, 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 yeah. But I think I'll just take some for me and for Derek. Oh, <laughs> she like looks at you for a second. She's like, oh, oh well, did, are they in trouble, Michael? Uh, yeah, yeah, pretty much. Oh, Jesus Christ, Michael! Is it that shit I saw in the news? And there's a moment you see where her like um uh, jovial manner like washes off her face, and you see like a genuine concerned look of like hurt you know on her on her face well you know in our line of work this is just some mistakes that are worse or that you don't want to make so i'm talking about chayden yeah when it comes no it wasn't related to chayden i hope what's what's his how's it looking for him i don't know i mean talk to the doctors and everything but what's gonna happen is gonna happen you know i hope for the best how's his family taking it yeah I'm not even sure. Uh, it was such a haze. I remember sleeping at the hospital. Ugh. You got a lot on your plate, huh? Yeah. Let's get you some you of know, this copy here. There's always like these couple of weeks where a bunch of stuff happens all at once. Yeah. I can tell you guys have been busy. I don't want to butt my nose into it, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, you know, be careful out there. It's a honey, mean town. <laughs> honey. You should have saw me 20 years ago, all right? Anytime someone say something to me, I'd smack them upside their head and they'd leave me alone, okay? Come on now. How do you think? How, how, you, do you think it's easy to be a woman and be a successful business person here in this town? Like, you're not going to go through shit? Come on now. And she just, like, opens the door. I get it. I get it. But I mean it, you know? You say that as you, like, walk in and feel the warmth. Like, I get it. But, like, listen, you guys are doing good stuff. There's never been a business like this in Bismarck. Like, that, at least that I know of, right? So. I mean, you just got to remind yourself when shit's hard that you're doing a good service. I hope you're not like letting this, you know, affect the way that you're viewing. Like, I hope you're not having doubts about what you're doing. No, definitely not. Don't have doubts, but I'm worried about the people, I guess. You mean the, the, the gang that works for you? Yeah. Yeah. Always, you know. I mean, what is there to worry about? I mean, Wayne's Wayne. He could charm himself out of any fucking situation. And while Alex is a little, you know, whatever, I mean, he's a charmer too. You all are fucking charmers. You know that, right? I'm surprised you don't have ladies lining up here to fucking want to go on dates with you. I don't know about that new guy. I mean, he's big, but I haven't really talked to him before, but he kind of looks a little shy. But I mean, you're going to be okay, Michael. It's going to it's gonna be okay, you know? It's just, yeah. Let's just hope that like, I just hoped Che didn't say something at a bar that pissed someone off or, you know what I mean? Like there's so many hot headed people here. And then with him being a native, you know, like just, I could just see something, you know, some asshole fucking chasing him down and fucking doing over some stupid slight, you know, mm. it kind of hits you when she says that, because like to her, you know, she's not looking at like some mysterious man fucking went down and fucking, you know, to her, she's looking at like, well, some probably some stupid shit that happened at a bar. You know what I mean? And like, so she uh, walks behind. She's like, so you again, and I feel like I have to defend Alex here. You're really only just want coffee for you and the new guy. You're not going to let your other team have any of this coffee because, you know, I'm going to give it no, to them. When they're they're going to get the office coffee and I want you to not give them any. And they're going to get the fucking office coffee because they fucked up. Office okay. coffee. Oof. It's not that Folger shit, is it? Like, uh, anyways, let me. Let, okay, look, we're get... on a budget. You know, <laughs> she's like, <laughs> I hear you screaming next door about them taking cokes from the coke machine without paying for it. So I get it. You're on a budget, okay? And she just kind of laughs, and you see, she like goes up to her little coffee thing she has, and she's like pouring two cups, and then she like goes and she like hands you that pink donut box that sort of like pastry. She's like, just take you know, take what you need, and she like motions to both sides that already have like fresh donuts in there and everything. 
Check. All so, right. Michael, uh, while you're like taking donuts, point in there, I, I feel like I have to bring up my daughter again. So, I mean, if you like the if you like the cow, you're gonna like the calf. So, when am I gonna be able to set you guys up when she's in town? She's gonna be in town here this spring for spring break. Yeah. What's her name again? Oh, her name's Claudia. But she's a good she's a good girl. Come on. She's smart. She's athletic. She has the great personality she inherited from me. You know what I mean? Yeah, that, that's what I'm afraid of, you know? <laughs> you just like see her like for a second and you see like a donut go fly towards you like a little piece of a donut. She's like, all right. <laughs> you, yeah, you, she can see like Mike's uh, sort of demeanor improve significantly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Listen, I just want to set you guys up. I think it'd be good. If it's not you, it's going to be Wayne. And then the next in line is probably going to be, I don't know, the new guy, he seems kind of shy. Alex is kind of like, uh, like might be Alex. I don't know. But definitely if it's not going to be you, I'm going to introduce her to Mr. Mustache there. All right. All right. You know what? Just but you have, know her, what? have her call me when she's in town. You know what, though? Wayne had a hot date the other night. What's the story behind that? He came to shower in my shower like the same day you did. Really? Yeah. He was all happy, pepping the step. I, I mean, come on. It's It's been a while since I've done the tango, but, you know, like, I know. I can tell when a man's happy. All right. Interesting. I mean, just just to recap, does Mike know about Wayne State? I don't, I don't remember. think so. Wayne wasn't, like, super, like, yeah, out yeah, open yeah, about yeah. it, you know? And he yeah. wasn't with Wayne when Wayne got the phone number. I think it was Derek who was with Wayne when he got the phone number. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Good for him. I might just give him a coffee because he had a date, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take your advice. I'm not going to give him a coffee. Not today. Not today. They can get two coffees tomorrow, but right. not one today. All <laughs> right. So I'm going to put in some earplugs because I'm sure it's going to get loud next door. So uh, you go and have yourself a good day, okay? All right. You too, Martha. All right. And she's just like, like I said, keep safe. Yep. Yep. Of course. Jesus Christ. You think we live like in New York City or something? She, you hear as the door closes behind you, you know? Yeah. Uh, Mike sort of closes it and just mutters, I wish, under his breath. <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> then he'd be Mr. Big Shot. No, I'm just Pro- probably fewer Satanists there. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, dude. <laughs> like, for our Bismarck peeps, you know, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Bismarck is the school of Satanist hard knocks. <laughs> there you go. Shit. So, you are standing in front of the door and you know you got to unlock it. You unlock the door and you open it up and Alex is still asleep. He's pretty Alex, would you say that you're sleeping pretty heavy right now? I'll let you decide. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. He's out. You can hear like snoring. You see that he like didn't even take off his jacket like or his shoes. He's just laying on the couch that's kind of like, you know, in the back there. Yeah. Mike just, you know, just sees him, makes this sort of I want to choke the life out of you notion. <laughs> <laughs> And then he leaves him to sleep and he sort of gets the meeting room re- ready, you know, oh. just drinking his coffee. Making because the cheap I, coffee. I, <laughs> yeah, yeah, making the cheap coffee, the punishment coffee. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, he's, he's going to chew them out, but it's going to be like in a meeting or okay. whatever. Wayne, you hear music start blaring. It's Kiss, Detroit Rock City. That's just blaring through the radio. And your eyes open up. What are your thoughts? Like, how did you, when you went home to go to sleep, did you fall asleep in your clothes? Did you actually get changed? It's only been about like four hours of sleep. You got four and a half hours of sleep. Uh, Wayne definitely fell asleep in his clothes. He kind of just didn't sleep under the covers. He was kind of just laying on top of the bed, his mind racing. And then eventually he just passed out. Uh, But he awakes to the alarm clock kind of startled. 
he wanted to kind of get a jump on things so he could be there before Mike maybe and uh you know kind of just like ease him into this whole situation but he's like already running a little bit late so he's just like fuck 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 he gets up brushes his teeth washes his face throws on a t-shirt throws on a flannel throws the jeans on gets gets all dressed puts his jacket on and he's out the door you know it just kind of locks it behind him and he's quickly on the road so you pull up at the same time you see Derek pulling up you see Derek's vans like pulling up you actually see like the lights on the side and you can like kind of look a little or the excuse me you see the brake lights turning red like he's braking and he's about to park and you kind of like like crane your head a little bit to look past it and you already see Michael's car is already like in front of him so now you're kind of like parking just almost in front of Martha's bakery you know and when you get out you see Martha's just like standing by the window in the inside like she's putting some rolls like in one of her shelves and she looks at you and she's just like like shakes her head and then she goes back to putting them in <laughs> and with my head kind of bowed down in shame i i give her a slight nod and wave and she and like just... put, she motions one finger right and then she like goes and she goes to the door and she opens it she's like hey he's gonna give you the shit coffee all right but if you're nice to him and he gives you the okay i'll give you some of the good coffee when he's done all right no martha i think i deserve the shit coffee today uh what <laughs> she's just like and she's just like if you need to come and talk to me afterwards come and talk to me okay uh yeah i, th- I think i might need to okay and she just nods and she just like closes the door you know like lets the door close you hear the bell ring Ding. wayne feels like he's going into the principal's office right now and Derek, uh, okay go ahead yeah Derek, you get out does wayne try to hide that he's nervous or does he like openly look like like he looks like he's anticipating like something he looks like a mess he looks like shit So you see Derek, like you're getting out and you're walking along, you step on the curb and you see Wayne, like he was just like talking to Martha and you kind of like hear something about coffee and you look at Wayne's like mannerisms and you're like, oh man, he looks like nervous. And you see, like, there's a moment where you guys both get eye contact. I'll go ahead and say scenes on you guys. Hey, Derek, how are you, buddy? Good, good. You? Ah, you know, good, good. Hey, why don't you head in there first? I'm just going to hang back here for a second, smoke a cigarette. Um, Okay. Um, by the way, I believe we are going to see news groups today or maybe get a few calls. And now uh, Wayne kind of looks at Derek like maybe he maybe he heard about what happened last night and he's trying to like maybe Mike put him up to this like some kind of joke to punish punish us for screwing up or whatever. And uh, I'm just like, you know, what, man, that's not funny. Dude. Come on. I I mean, what? Of course, it's not. Did Mike funny. put you up to that? No, I saw it in the news this morning. And then so uh, I, Wayne flicks the cigarette out like really hard, and he's just like, "Come on, buddy, let's go talk inside." Do you enjoy games of humanity fighting against the supernatural, literally? Then you'll definitely like our game, Corruption. This Hunters Hunted 2 game is set in Washington, D.C. and follows an eclectic group of hunters who bond together through their brushes with the supernatural. 